you control the guy or the woman who runs the run, run brings out the carts on, 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 on a forklift. It's time for the Buff Show. One hundred year. Look, here's the lives. It's just it's. I mean, you think about it. And no idea what you said, Joe, but we understand the Buff Show. Deeply held by uh, by President. Stop moving that that that, that, that uh, you know. Uh, that's a teleprompter, Joe. We'll take it from here. Let's go, Brandon. Joe Brandon, I agree. And here's your host, Matt Buff. Welcome to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you with us. Check out thebuffshow.com for past interviews, shows, and so much more. Support our great sponsors and go to mypatriotcigar.com, right? Bring in the new year with a great new cigar that's been aged three years to perfection. Use promo code BUFF and save 15% off your order and then get discounts every time you order. Pretty cool stuff. Also, MyPillow.com, get a good night's sleep with promo code BUFF, up to 66% off of, my goodness. The Giza Dream Sheets are down to like $29. You got to get on there. MyPillow.com, promo code BUFF, get a good night's sleep so you don't wake up woke. We got a lot to discuss today. I mean, they're fighting hard in Arizona. Kerry Lake taking the last stand. There's so much out there that they're fighting about. Now we have Three AGs in Arizona said they will not certify until they take a look at this. A few more and you can do a redo. A redo without this garbage stolen election crap that's been going on there. We're going to jump into this. The vaccine passports, the vaccine amnesty, all the craziness from left from our our good friend Corrine Clark is back on the Matt Buff Show. Freepressfail.com. Everybody check it out. Corrine, welcome back to the show. Great to have you. Thanks. I'm glad to be back. Well, let me play you this clip and uh, from Arizona first, and then uh, we'll just start there with what's going on in Maricopa County, Yuma County. Same old problems in Arizona. But hey, this is Carrie right. Lake, and I have a message to the people of Arizona and all Americans. 40 days ago, elections in Arizona officially started when mail-in ballots were sent out across our state. Election day was 13 days ago, and Maricopa County is still counting ballots. Printer problems, tabulation errors, three hour long lines and even longer. And confusing instructions given by election officials made this election day the most chaotic in Arizona's history. Half of voting centers that opened for the first time on election day, where the overwhelming majority of voters were voting for Kerry Lake, were not operational or had significant failures. Would you get on an airplane if half of the engines didn't work? Would our friends in the media be able to broadcast their nightly propaganda if only half of their studio equipment was working? The 2022 general election in Arizona was botched and broken beyond repair. Thankfully, the Attorney General's office is demanding answers from Maricopa County. Attorney General Mark Brnovich is taking the first steps necessary to remedy this assault on our democracy. This isn't about Republicans or Democrats. This is about our sacred right to vote, a right that many voters were sadly deprived of on November 8th. Tens of thousands of you have reached out, pleading with me to fight this fight. Rest assured, I will, because if we give up now, we will no longer have a country. Attorneys are working diligently to gather information, 
whistleblowers are coming forward and the curtain is being lifted. Whether done accidentally or intentionally, it is clear that this election was a debacle that destroyed any trust in our elections. Arizonans who choose to make their voice heard on election day should not be disenfranchised or punished for choosing to vote in person. Yet they were. I want you to know, Arizona, I will continue fighting until we restore confidence and faith in our elections. Okay, there you have it, Corrine. What are your thoughts initially when you see that? Man, I'm just glad that Carrie Lake is on my side and not against me because I think she's one of the best speakers that Republicans have. I think she laid out the case right there. Exactly. We cannot count on the results of this election. It's been 13 days since Election Day. They're still counting. And worse than that, we don't even know if when they're done counting that everyone's vote counted because 60 percent of the voting machines in Maricopa County, one of the biggest counties in Arizona, did not work. So I think she raises a good point about election security, about voter fraud, whether it's intentional or not. And um, I'm glad that, to see that some attorneys general are sticking up for her and saying we will not certify this race because there are too many errors and you have some things to answer for. Yes, indeed. I mean, there was just so much on the visibility side of things that people could actually see. And Katie Hobbs is out there interested about this, just absolutely incensed that somebody would look at this. And that's what the Democrats do. They completely steal it or they put a lot of fraud into it to make it happen. And then they take two years to count it. And then they go, don't look at it. Just trust the result. Don't look at it. I mean, Lauren Boebert's opponent in Colorado called her and conceded. And if you Google Colorado congressional race, it's still not called. He's even conceded and they still haven't called it for. I mean, this is happening in California, Alaska. They're still counting. It's not incompetence, Corrine. They're doing this on purpose. Oh, absolutely. And the gaslighting of the media and these Democrat candidates just never ends. They want you to think you are so crazy for suggesting that you want to recount when absolutely there should be at the very least a recount. But I think in Maricopa, especially, we might need another election. The uh, election integrity unit in Arizona actually drafted a letter to Maricopa County and they split it up into three really big issues that they say uh, are actually crimes against their Arizona election law. They say, you know, one problem, your voting machines didn't work in 60% of the locations. That's an issue. Um, your poll workers did not know what to tell people when the voting machines didn't work. So what they were doing is saying, you know, you can't go somewhere else. You have to stay here. You, you know, you might not be able to vote right now. So people left and that's voter suppression also. And then there's an issue with the transportation of ballots in an unreliable chain of custody that alleges that some votes that were counted and some votes that were not, they were transported in the same bags and the same bins. So it's possible that some votes were counted twice or not counted at all. That alone to me suggests you have to recount it. But if not, you know, paired with the other issues, I think we've got a bigger problem than a recount. Yeah, I agree. I don't think a recount's going to solve the problem because after you were on the show for our election night special, Two days later, I played eight minutes of uh, mules putting ballots by the handfuls. By the time the video was done, there was enough to write a book. 
and they would put it in, they take a picture, then they drop it in. They get paid to do that. Um, the signature matching process, the chain of custody process is a complete joke. And you know why? Because most signatures are a scribble. Mm -hmm. I mean, to really signature match somebody, they have to be there. They need to, just like that letter you talked about, they talked about at the end, we need a redo and we need some recusals from the likes of Katie Hobbs. Oh, absolutely. Who should have never been able to maintain her position as Secretary of State. The person in charge of overseeing the election was running for the governorship. And what do you know that happens to be the most contested race in Arizona? I don't think that's a coincidence. And I don't think there are many, many Americans who do. And like I said, they will gaslight us and make you feel so crazy. But what is really crazy is that the sitting Secretary of State was allowed to run for the governorship and now it's a contested race. That is crazy. You are not crazy for pointing it out that that is ridiculous. Yeah, they and I know Carrie Lake will fight till the end on that and it's just ridiculous. I mean, Katie Hobbs, the basement candidate, um, little entitled frat girl is what she looks like. And it's just unbelievable that I, I just look at her and talk and I'm like, there's no way she had a proper race just because she doesn't know much she just sits there like with this question on her face like saying these generic lines and never does any no debate no campaign events that were big or and and and, and just went on stage with other people talking i mean she really had nothing to offer arizonans and you're telling me the treasurer and dog catcher got more votes than carrie lake they all voted republican for treasurer but then voted for katie hobbs give me a break Oh, crazy. And, you know, she didn't have to try. She she felt that the fix was in. That's why she didn't debate. That's why she didn't go in public. Katie hid from reporters in the bathroom instead of answering questions. She never actually took questions from the public. But, you know, this is the third election in a row that there have been problems in Arizona, especially Maricopa County. And I think there are a lot of Republicans in Arizona that are going to stand with Carrie Lake through this whole fight because, you know, Honestly, the Senate Senate race in 2018, I think there were way too many ballot irregularities when Mark Kelly first got that seat and Martha McSally never fought for it. She gave it up and it went to Mark Kelly. But Carrie Lake is not going to do that. She is going to fight till the end. And we are going to see this through because Arizona definitely deserves to have Arizonans deserve to have their voice heard about this. Well, Carrie Lake sounded the alarm before the election that she was going to reform these election laws. And these guys who have been getting away with this for so long said, no, we can't have that. And they targeted Mark Kelly, Adam Laxall, and uh, in the, the Georgia seat, in um, the Georgia Senate seat, too, with Herschel Walker. They targeted those three seats specifically. And sure enough, late in the night in Georgia, here comes a big dump, a, 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 a drop and go. That's what they call it when it's that late. And they were... 90% for Warnock. That pushed him over the edge. Um, he was losing. Warnock was losing until late in the night where that bash came in. They did the same thing in Nevada. Nevada, which, Corrine, according to the Heritage Foundation, is ranked worst. 50 out of 50 for election integrity. They did the same thing there. And in Arizona, they did the same thing with the Mark Kelly seat. They targeted those specific three seats. And even though the people spoken at the zero hour, the Democrat opponent pulled ahead. Yeah. And actually with Laxalt in my home state of Nevada, it's so embarrassing that we're so bad at this continuously. Um, they knew Laxalt was going to win, that 
that Catherine Cortez Masto would actually have to win almost 70% of the rest of the ballots of everyone who voted. Then, no joke, the cameras go off in That's the right, County for eight hours. Nevada. For eight yeah. hours, the cameras are off, and suddenly she wins 70% of the vote. It's unheard of. And again, they just ask you, like, well, that's just that. If you say anything about it, then you're crazy. Well, you're crazy not to say anything about it. It is absolutely something is going on. And I, I know people keep saying this, but if cameras went out for eight hours in any of the casinos in Vegas, people would be losing their minds. But when it comes to an election, we're supposed to look the other way. No way. There's a reason those cameras are there and they should have been on. And we know exactly what they did, but we should not stop fighting till we make them admit it. No, that's right. I wish Laxall had the same fight as uh, Carrie Lake is having. I wish they, because you win the governorship, hopefully he can make some reforms to these elections, even though the governor, the new governor of Nevada turned the other way when it came to the investigation on the uh, casino shooter the uh, at the country music concert. He didn't, he botched that up pretty good as the sheriff, but what, maybe you'll be better. I mean, the whole state is red except for Reno and Vegas. Mm -hmm. I looked at the voting map in Nevada. The whole state is red except for this corner here and the corner down here. Very, very concentrated, small areas. And I do think after, you know, four years of a terrible liberal governor, I think it's more red than it has ever been. So to see these numbers come in for Cortez Masto, just ridiculous. It doesn't match up with the governorship. Um, it just, we know something's going on there. Have they? Have you heard any investigations into the eight hours of uh, cameras going down? Any investigation talk at all from uh, lawyers or anybody in Nevada? Have you heard anything about that? I haven't heard any official discussion. And I do think it's deeply, deeply disappointed that Lombardo does not feel responsible to stand up for his party in this obvious fraud. Like <laughs> at the very yeah. at the very least, he could have called for an investigation on why the cameras went out if he didn't want to take a side. But um, I think I don't think he's earning a too much favor with people like me who really wanted a fighter in there. And he he won this, and he just thinks, okay, then I'm gonna rinse my hands of this and and not talk about election integrity. And I think that that's a huge mistake. I think it's a huge mistake, too. And he's also got to find a way to get to the bottom of the Las Vegas shooting. I mean, we never got to the bottom of that. That was just too strange. And I know that's off topic that we were going to talk about today, but I think Lombardo would be best served by doing that and election integrity. I mean, besides just towing the water for the Democrats in, in Nevada. I mean, that would be that would be best served. I completely agree. All right. So let's move on to this WHO nonsense. Um, the when you have a Democrat in charge of America, it's always bad news when they go to these summits because <laughs> they give away the farm. That's what they do. They, they believe they're globalists and they believe that it's best served for America to follow in line with Europe and everything else. And here we got the WHO, Kareem, talking about these vaccine passports right after the Vox article comes out about mm -hmm. pandemic amnesty. We don't want to be held accountable for anything. See a pattern here? We don't want to be held accountable for our stolen elections. We don't want to be accountable for our lockdowns. And now we're going to entertain the idea of a passport for everything going forward to travel around the world. Yeah. 
Well, I think that this actually shows that our country's leader is not the only one that's out of touch with his people. Um, I think vaccine passports are incredibly unpopular globally. And I know we always think, you know, we don't want to be like Europe. Well, right now, Europe doesn't want to be like Europe either. And we're covering up a lot of the unrest that is going on. But there are there have been protests and riots in Italy and France and Germany. They do not want this. And they have been they were locked down even worse than America, because at least we had some governors who let us live a little bit. Uh, they didn't. They were locked down for a really long time. Their health care was terrible. And um, they're getting rid of these vaccine passports. Italy got rid of their vaccination requirements. And now their leaders are agreeing to this fake international rule, saying that they're going to implement them globally. I don't think that that's good for anyone. And um, I think we're going to see a lot of unrest if they try to move forward for that. Yeah, I just can't imagine an international passport. And they keep talking one world order. They used to be new world order. Now they're talking one world order. Von Clausewitz. They want to they wanna make sure everybody follows the same rules. Biden there is not good for us, Corrine, because he, he doesn't disagree with uh, globalist policies. It's, it's really remarkable. Even if he understands what they're saying, he doesn't, he's not agree. And they know they can arm wrestle him into submission anyway. Yeah. Well, they want us to all follow the same rules that they don't have to follow. And Joe Biden is totally aware that he will never have to follow those rules. Those rules are for me and you and everybody else. It's not for those leaders at the summits making these terrible decisions. And they know it. That's why they have no incentive to make a better decision. They'll never have to live with the consequences of the stupid rules that they're passing there. What you just said is the definition of fascism, <laughs> well, where they make yeah. rules for everyone that they don't have to follow. <laughs> I, I think they've proven it to us. They're basically mocking us now. Um, after two years of COVID, two plus years, almost three years of COVID, I think we know who those rules are for. And it isn't for the elite and it isn't for anyone that is attending a World Health Organization summit. Um, and And we know that. Yes, we do. So you're one of those people that put up the Christmas tree before Thanksgiving. How long has the tree been up? This is a controversy. <laughs> I just put it up this weekend. <laughs> okay, good. Ready for Christmas. Have a great Thanksgiving. Last word to you. Any parting shots to Nancy Pelosi? It took a few weeks, but we finally secured the house. They did everything. There's got to be some ballots over here. Let me look over here. There's got to be some over here. But the math just didn't work for the Democrats. Parting shots to Nancy Pelosi? Um, yeah, it wasn't the red wave I was hoping for, but Nancy Pelosi's retirement is um, is good enough for me. I'm happy to see her go. On that note, I've, that's one thing I wanted to ask you about, about. Yes, but yes, good riddance. Go to San Francisco and keep serving them well like you have been. Sarcasm translating. <laughs> the... Uh, I, I hear a lot of people talk about the midterms not going as well. Yet when we were on the air that night, Florida and Ohio were having a massive red wave. I think we've created a model that you can have fair and free elections. We might not always win them, but mm -hmm. when our policies are more popular, like you saw in Ohio and Florida and other places, you can see that the vote can be counted by 1030 PM and night of and you can see that the people's will is spoken when you don't allow the fraud yep um yeah and both of those states have pretty sound uh, election integrity laws and i think that shows as well florida just passed because you know 
2018, they almost stole the election from Ron DeSantis. And in 2022, he wins it by the largest margin in Florida history. I think that says a lot to sound election reform. And that's what they passed there. That's what we could use in Nevada, definitely in Arizona and um, quite a few states throughout the union. Absolutely. What's next for freepressfail.com? Tell us what's coming up. Well, we're working hard every day, just taking on the fake news. So new stuff all the time. But we've got a lot of coverage on this Arizona stuff and um, hope you look to us to get the news on that. Yes, absolutely. The links are on thebuffshow.com, freepressfail.com. Everybody check it out. More people, Karina, are turning to other news sources. They see Fox News as a disaster. They see CNN and MSNBC as hopeless. CNN is having a fire sale on their programming director. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And people are looking to you and shows like this and Bannon and other shows to where you know, maybe Alex Jones wasn't so bad. <laughs> maybe yeah. they're looking at other shows to say, we need an alternative source. And freepressfail.com is definitely that source too. But Green, thank you so much. Let's do this again. I love recapping the events with you. Great. I have an awesome time doing it with you too. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving and Happy. Merry Christmas. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay, sounds good. We'll be back on the Matt Buff Show. More to come. Uh, Major General coming up. Uh, and then also Ryan Bomberger's on the show. Yeah, remember him? Radiance Foundation. Uh, baby who was born through rape, adopted out of love, born through hate. So much more. We're going to tackle this crazy NPR video of a an abortion procedure. You're going to hear that shocking video. Stay with us on the Map Up Show. Veritas Tactical. Tactical, a family and law enforcement-owned company where you can get custom-built ARs with purpose-built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Sig Sauer, Smith & Wesson, and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your liberty-safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses, and force-on-force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full-time gunsmith on site, Sarah Coding Services, laser engraving and more mention the buff show and get a 25 dollars discount on courses you'll find veritas tactical at 207 north goldenrod road suite 200 in orlando contact veritas tactical 407-309-3000 407-309-3000 and at veritas tactical.com veritas tactical tactical Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hours every day of the week and all day Sunday. $1 off drafts and house wines. $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events. Tonight, $7.99 burger and fries. Tomorrow, live music. Liam Fitzpatrick's does catering and has a private room for your meetings, luncheons, and parties. Mention the Buff Show and get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzpatrick's.com Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. Shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? 
It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Welcome back to the Map Buff Show. Great to have you rolling along with us. And we got to talk about China and China Joe. Yes, the uh, investigations with teeth, I believe, are coming to the Biden crime family and their dealings with China and other nefarious countries around the world. And of course, we all know what happened at the G20 summit. The WHO says we need a vaccinated passport for every member of this global society. That way, for the next pandemic, we can just scan it and they're good to go. Some people will be free. China's on board with this. And just yesterday, one million fake COVID tests from China en route to Germany were confiscated in the Netherlands. This is all ridiculous. I want to bring on Brigadier General Dr. Robert S. Spalding III, coolest name of the week on the Matt Buff Show. Rob, great to have you. Thank you. Great to be here. I want everyone to check out War Without Rules, China's Playbook for Global Domination. And uh, boy, that book is uh, coming to fruition every day with this regime. We see that happening and playing out. Absolutely. And, um, you know, in fact, uh, you know, when you look at um, what's happening with regard to Xi Jinping, he's out there at the G20 trying to get more money to come into China, more investment to come into China. And there's a lot of American uh, uh, financial institutions that are trying to push more money into China. And I think this is something that we absolutely have to fight. And I hope the new Congress actually takes this on as a challenge. I think one of the things that, uh, that we tried to do in the Trump administration was begin the process of decoupling from China, but the corporate sector and the financial sector have been fighting it. And unfortunately, we still have administration and Congress that's that's not doing all it can to, to cut off the Chinese. No, we're not at all. In fact, what we see Joe Biden doing is absolutely kowtowing to what they want, not just China, but all the other countries that want to support uh, like climate uh, reparations, whatever the hell that means, and all this other stuff that's going on. I mean, he's been owned by China. I can't wait to see these investigations pl- play out. Do you think that this these investigations, first of all, in the House that are coming, will expose more of the Biden crime family with China? Well, you know, um, as I lay out in Stealth War, corruption in Washington, D.C. with regard to the Chinese Communist Party exists on both sides of the aisle. And unfortunately, um, even the Republican Party, we have folks that are um, that, you know, have taken money from from China uh, or their family members have taken money from China. And so this is something that's buried deep within Washington, D.C. And 
Um, unfortunately, the Chinese Communist Party have just taken advantage of the corruption that already exists. You know, the fact that that people can go to Congress and come out, you know, having hundreds of millions of dollars in wealth should alarm the American pe people. But unfortunately, we really haven't risen up and done anything about it. Um, I think, you know, in, in many ways, the, the this duopoly of parties contributes to maintaining this corruption rather than, you know, having some kind of change, um, massive change. And I think it's not going to come until people wake up and understand that, you know, the people that they keep sending uh, decade after decade to, to, to Washington, D.C. aren't there for them. They're in it for themselves. Yeah, that's what we've seen too too often, and it's got to change. Otherwise, it's going to be just the same old result. Nothing being done. I know you did work in the Trump administration to try to tackle this, not just with tariffs, but actual trade deals that were in place. But you know, China didn't like that. Now you got COVID and fentanyl, two things that uh, Chinese are trying to impose on the war. This is a new kind of warfare when you talk about global domination. Right. And in my book, War Without Rules, I talk about the doctrine that the Chinese Communist Party used for war. It comes from a book written by two People's Liberation Army Air Force lieutenant colonels back in 1997, translated into English in 1999 by the CIA. And then, you know, I read it in 1999, didn't really understand it. But of course, we didn't even have an iPhone back then. We had nothing like Facebook. You know, all those things, these 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 Chinese colonels believed would come in, come into play. And, you know, China believes in political warfare. And so they were much more suited to see the opportunities of globalization and the internet and how it would allow the Chinese to uh, influence their economics and finance and trade and politics and academics in the way that they've done. And so, you know, you know, I was in the military for 30 years, you know, learning to fly V2s and drop bombs that's a different kind of war than this. This is a war of influence, a war of political influence. Oftentimes, the, the, who, is, um, who is lobbying Congress, who's lobbying the administration is not China. It's our own corporations and our own financial institutions lobbying on behalf of China. And that's how they've done it. They've really created this, this nexus where you know, our corporations and financial institutions benefit by being aligned with China. Therefore, they are encouraged to you know, lobby for them in our own political process. And this is how you lose political independence and sovereignty. And it's something that's new. You know, Alexander Hamilton didn't have to think about globalization, the internet, this interconnectedness wasn't a thing. There was no such thing as Facebook or Twitter. Now it exists. And, you know, these tools, these platforms are used for influencing in ways that are counter to our political system. For instance, think about this. This week alone, uh, Elon Musk had a poll on Twitter to see whether we should bring back President Trump to the platform. Over 15 million people voted. Where did those 15 million people come from? Were they Americans? Were they Chinese? You don't know. But yet that poll was used to determine whether or not we should bring Trump on the platform. This, this is a problem with globalization and the internet is that your interests get subsumed into broader global interests. And in this case, China is able to use that to make to make us more, you know, uh, less, um, you know, approving of liberty and democratic principles and more approving of authoritarianism, more approving of things like you mentioned it, COVID lockdowns. Lockdowns were invented by the Chinese, exported everywhere else. And because of this global system, like Twitter, 
They were promoted everywhere. And if you said, hey, like I was saying, this is very bad. It's bad for our economy. It's going to destroy our economy. You're slow. You're, you were shouted down. You're wearing a tinfoil hat. So this is the principles of war that the Chinese have employed. It's political war. It's a war that I wasn't trained to do, but I learned you know, towards the end of my career by studying China. Well, I want everybody to check out the book. We're going to post the link on the Buff Show. That A lot of that, what you said, is Chapter 2, A New Way of War, and then Chapter 4, The Weapons Revolution. I want to talk about weaponizing the international order, Chapter 6. You talk about this, and we just saw this play out with uh, Von Klaus. I mean, what a horrible name for a bad guy. But he's uh, <laughs> he's at the WHO, and we're seeing a lot of what you talked about in that chapter playing out. This global one world order is not even like Bush said back in the day, senior, not a new world order. This is a one world, one world order where they want to have that passport be your ticket to other countries around the world. I don't think it's about vaccination status. I think it's about a tracking system. Well, you know, and it starts with control of international institutions. They talk about in that they saw the United States able to essentially, um, you know, create institutions that favored the principles that are in our Constitution, because we saw that as a way to protect the United States and our own values. And I think they saw that they could use the same system to promote their own values. And how do they do that? It's just like politics anywhere. They get the, the leaders of those nations that are members of the United Nations, World Health Organization, World Trade Organization, World Bank, IMF, and they get them to you know, vote in their favor. And so it's just about using greed to get the politics that you want internationally. This is why over the last three decades, we've seen an erosion of democratic principles in an international order towards this idea that citizens just have to shut up and take what the government tells them. This is what China wants. And because they have so many countries on their side in these international institutions, because they're, they're, they're giving them infrastructure, they're giving them money, you know, they're paying them off, all of these things. And also they're putting in the actual people who work and lead these institutions, you know, like Tedros, for example, China guy, he's heading the uh, World Health Organization. So this is the challenge that we face is, we, when we brought them in, we said, hey, China, come on in. You, you know, we want and, and we're going to change you to think like us. In, in actuality, what they said, no, we're going to take your supply chain. We're going to take the Internet and we're going to use that economic ties that we are that you're bringing us into. We're going to use that to make you more like us. And they are being very effective. And in coronavirus, you saw an acceleration of that capability. Oh, absolutely. Joe Biden is the perfect candidate they saw, and now he's doing their bidding. It's uh, very interesting to see. That's what um, for, uh, that's what that's what we're going on. Um, you're not just talking the talk and explaining all this in the books, but you also have a software development company. Why don't you talk about that for a second? Well, so, you know, when I was at the White House, I wrote a paper on 5G and the importance of secure and resilient infrastructure. And so our company builds um, hardened infrastructure for um, surviving. So it, you know, it's interesting to note that these things will survive a, a nuclear event, but the infrastructure won't. And so we build infrastructure that doesn't cost anymore, but allows your digital connection to um, continue be, to be surviving, to survive, and to be resilient. And so our goal is to protect 
data because we think data is so important to protecting political independence and sovereignty in the 21st century, much more than territory. Again, I go refer back to that Twitter poll that Elon said, we believe in digital sovereignty. We believe that the United States ought to know, you know, and have control over its data and individuals in particular ought to control their own data, not the government or not some corporation. So we build infrastructure that supports those principles. And, you know, we we're hoping to begin to deploy that, you know, um, here beginning in 2023. Can you implement that when you're back in the people's house in 2024, back in the job? Well, I'm I I am the CEO of Semper, and I'm going to focus on deploying infrastructure, and that's going to be my uh, that's going to be my goal. And you know, we believe that it just makes sense. For instance, think about it. Um, you know how we used to have radios. You know, because we could turn on a radio if you if you had some kind of emergency broadcast, let people know what to do. What do you do now? You even have Amber Alerts on your phone. But the, we know that the infrastructure will not survive. It doesn't survive. You know, a terrorist bombing like the uh, switching center in Nashville, Tennessee, two Christmases ago. It doesn't survive the hurricane uh, like Florida or it doesn't survive a a high altitude nuclear um, event or solar flare. So we want to create infrastructure that allows us to be able to stay connected. Even if the grid goes down, then we'll still be able to help each other, have first responders, have medicine, still be able to make transactions, things like Bitcoin work when you have an infrastructure that continues to survive. So we want to be that survivable infrastructure and we want to do it at a cost that says, hey, you know, you can buy an infrastructure that it won't survive. You can buy ours. Costs the same. You make the choice. Well, how can people find more information on that? The books. Just give us all your uh, details there. So they can uh, find me on generalspalding.com. I'm on Twitter at Robert underscore Spalding, no you in Spalding. And then the company is called Semper. It stands for Secure EMP Resistant Edge. So that's spelled S-E-M-P-R-E dot A-I. Very good. We'll post the links on the Map Off Show too. Brigadier General, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thanks for the good work of exposing this and uh, bringing a better security to our future. We appreciate all your time today. Thank you so much. Okay, sounds good. We'll be back on the Map Off Show. You stay with us. It's time to convert and sell more with the best tools made for small, medium, and large businesses to grow online. With JJC Marketing Solutions, you can grow with do-it-yourself, easy website and funnel builder, or they will build it for you. More options at your fingertips with JJC Marketing Solutions. Not only do you get the best state-of-the-art website, but also comprehensive sales funnels, CRM tools, and powerful search engine optimization. No matter where you are, they can help you grow your business with affordable online marketing solutions. Get weekly reports, dashboard access, and full transparency to see how your keywords are growing. Start building your online presence today. JJCMarketingSolutions.com. That's JJCMarketingSolutions.com. You heard about the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. 
All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. Are you a public employee? Tired of paying union dues when inflation and gas prices are out of control? Opt out today and keep your money. Over 100,000 American workers already have, and you can too. Visit optouttoday.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you rolling along with us. We've had a lot of debates with Democrats on the show and liberals. I know they're not all the same, but they're all bad. Um, what, what they're all talking about when it comes to abortion, <clears throat> we had an hour-long abortion discuss, uh, discussion with uh, Bree Maxwell, if you remember that. I mean, it went over for an hour, and she kept saying, what about rape victims? What about, what about incest? And I told her, she has, she lost her mind. She, I said, sometimes incest is consensual, consensual. She's like, oh my God, what are you talking about? I'm like, I just, when, when in those scenarios do you blame the kid? And I'm always thinking, when will Ryan Bombarger be back on the show? When will Ryan be back from the Radiance Foundation? That day is today. Ryan, welcome back to the show. It's great to be back. Thanks, Matt. I mentioned your name about a dozen times since you were on the show last time, and I mentioned the Radiance Foundation because these guys always have the same talking point argument that there's no way a baby born, born of rape or incest can possibly be any good to this world. I'm sure you would disagree with that, Ryan. Uh, yes, how about 100%? <laughs> I mean, I mean, who are, I love when people pretend to be arbiters of human value based on circumstances that none of us can even control. I mean, I, I literally am that 1% used 100% of the time to justify abortion and they'll, they'll go to it every single time. They do every time, every time we have the debate and that's fine. I mean, if that's what they want, but they don't understand that I've talked to Ryan at the Radius Foundation. I've talked to survivors. I've talked to other people that have been in very weird situations and different situations like they try to use. And, and Ryan said it right. Less than 1% is used 100% of the time, and he's living proof that that 1% can live. And it has been proven. And it's just unbelievable, these uh, the craziness and the rosy-colored glasses that they try to put on a very, very violent procedure, Ryan. Well, yes. And we have to remember, these are the same people who who decry not having exceptions in these bills, for instance, legislation. But they fight every single pro-life bill. It doesn't matter whether they have exceptions or not. And so these fringe cases like mine are always the ones that are exploited. And we have to remember, too, this is how abortion in America started. It started with what they called therapeutic abortion in 1967 in California, the pre-pro-life Governor Ronald Reagan signed into law the Therapeutic Abortion Act, which allowed abortion in cases of rape, incest, and life of the mother. Now, Californians are one of the leading killers of unborn lives. They don't even keep track, by the way, of their numbers, but they're, they're nearly 100,000. They're probably far more than that. But this is how it all starts. And so 
it's the go-to all the time because I think the natural follow-up to the violence of rape is the violence of abortion. And it doesn't heal, it doesn't cure, and it certainly doesn't punish the rapist, who is the one who actually deserves to be punished. Yeah, you never hear about the rapist in those arguments. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. That's right. You never do. And uh, it, they always use that 10-year-old girl, which was a horrific situation, how an illegal immigrant raped her. Right. Well, that was a medical procedure because 10 years old, of course, that's a medical procedure. That's not her walking into Planned Parenthood and said, you know what? It's not the right time in my life. Right. No, it's a medical. And they never talk about the illegal immigrant. No, because, I mean, the same people that are radically pro-abortion are radically pro-illegal immigration. But they want to exploit that situation and pretend that that actually typifies the 99% of the 930,000 abortions that occurred in 2020. I mean, this is what President Biden and the the radically pro-abortion left do all the time. They take these these examples that 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 don't represent in any way, shape, or form all the cases of elective abortion, which are not done because of violence, which are not done because of the physical threat to the the life of the mother. I mean, the reality is, abortion is done because. It's simply a choice because someone doesn't want to be a parent, because someone's being forced by a boyfriend or a husband, because someone simply just doesn't want the responsibility. That's not what we do with human beings. Just because we don't want to be responsible doesn't give us the right to kill another innocent human being. No, that's right. And they're taking it too far because the science is against them. We're going to play everybody some very disturbing audio here in a second. But I just I know they're still counting ballots. The, the 2022 midterms is not finished. <laughs> It's not incompetence. No. It's not incompetence, people. Oh what they're doing, where's those Democrat votes? I, I know I had them. I know I had them somewhere. Let's check that FedEx truck Ooh. over there. Yeah. And, it's on a memory uh, card. <laughs> there it is. It's, it's on a flash drive. But the what, what happens is we won the House despite all that nonsense. And uh, the, uh, the Biden regime admitted that they couldn't now codify Roe v. Wade like they wanted to, even though it would have been shot down again in the Supreme Court, but they would have had their three-month plan. All they do is a three-month plan. Student loan moratorium, let's do it. We'll do it for three months before kick, uh, court kicks it out. Vaccine right. mandates, three months before court, uh, court kicks it out. They would have federalized abortion on demand for three months before the kick, court kicked it out. That would have been thousands of lives lost. So right. that's why winning the House was a big deal. But um, your thoughts on that, because we came dangerously close to um, another Democrat takeover and at least three months of abortion on demand. Yes. I mean, the same party. Look, it's the party of slavery, the party of Jim Crow, the party of the KKK, the party of all kinds of voter suppression, the party of I mean, the party that actually wouldn't even vote for women's right to vote the the 19th amendment it was actually a gop congress that took over that allowed that amendment and it was a gop authored bill by the way that allowed uh women to the right to vote this is that same party that is now the party of unlimited abortion and so what frustrated me so much during the midterms is that the gop was running away from largely was running away from the issue of abortion while democrats were running full force like yay radical abortion even after the baby's born in california even in the perinatal period which is up to 30 days after the child is born the insanity of it all, the party of infanticide is somehow cast by mainstream media as, oh, this is mainstream. They're not mainstream, not by even not by even all the misleading polling organizations that are out there. So it's actually a miracle that we did win the House by that narrow margin. But 
if Christians don't start voting their conscience and don't start voting from a biblical worldview, you're going to keep getting these, these extremists who think that human life is so easily disposable. It's, it, it just blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, the, I thought, and, and, and the mainstream news said the Supreme court Dobbs decision overturning Roe v. Wade was good for Democrats. I thought Republicans should have went out and celebrated that. Hey, this is good for us. Look what happens when you get a pro-life president. We got three judges and they overturn Roe v. Wade. That's a good thing. But they were like, oh, no. Democrats used it as a as a weapon to bring out dumb youths. But uh, Republicans should have been should have been on that train, too, man. Isn't that great? We overturned Roe v. Wade. That's a step in the right direction. They shouldn't even have called it a victory. A step in the right direction. Right. I didn't see that on any emails. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense because the Democrats were, you know, legalizing a state after state, you know, on the state level and on the federal level, wanting to legalize abortion through the entire pregnancy up until birth. While, while Republicans offered a 15 week ban. Well, what good is that? 96 of abortions are done before 15 weeks. So what, why after this momentous occasion, the Dobbs decision, you're going to go with a 15 week ban while the other side is saying, Hey, let's kill human life throughout the entire pregnancy, including partial birth abortion. Give me a break. Get a spine. That was window dressing. Hey, look, 15-week ban. If you want to go after, if you're trying to prevent the heartbeat from being destroyed, then you got to go with a seven-week ban. <laughs> you got to go with a six-week ban. Yeah. That that's where you'll save a life because that's, I mean, it's just unbelievable. By 15 weeks, we're already developing. Um, I know because I saw the sonogram um, of my right. oldest son. I mean, I saw it. So do you want to set up this? Uh, this is just disturbing. NPR has really gone off the deep end here. They're trying to dress up uh, an abortion, and they have this audio, abortion audio, as played on NPR. You want to set this up a little bit before we play this disturbing footage here? Well, yes. NPR's Kate Wells was the so-called journalist. I just call them abortion activists who spent days and day, actually weeks inside of abortion facilities. And it's amazing to me. They, they spend weeks and they want to play an audio clip. They never will show the visual evidence of the violence, but they're trying to destigmatize abortion. So here they're, they're playing a clip of an audio of these, these compassionate abortionists just telling the woman she can do it. Well, why didn't they tell the woman that she could actually go through the pregnancy, that she can do it, that there are resources available to her? Of course, NPR, PBS, they don't do that kind of thing. And so instead, they're just trying to let the American public know this is just normal. It's natural. And abortionists love their patients. And so while we're hearing a, a child being ripped apart... NPR is living up to its name, which I like to call them the National Pro-Abortion Radio. Yeah, this funding, our listeners are going to say the funding should have been stopped a long time ago. You're going to be furious after you hear this. Check it out right here on the Matt Buff Show. ...is not one of the patients you heard before. She's asked that we not use her name. She's from Michigan. She already has one kid. She's having her abortion at about 11 weeks. Nearly all abortions in Michigan are before 13 weeks. And like many patients at Northland, she said I could record her procedure. We're going to hear some of that now. So I am just going to get you set up on the table, and we're going to do that sedation medicine. Okay. I'm going to pull this out under your legs. Most patients are partially awake during the procedures. They get IV medication for pain and anxiety. The lights are dimmed. There's soothing music. It actually feels a lot like a childbirth. The medical gown, your bare legs and stirrups, and a person next to you saying, you can do this. 
I just keep breathing. That's Brandy. She's one of the staffers. Her job is to monitor vital signs, but it is also to hold the patient's hand and talk her through this. Whether it's a birth or an abortion, it is often women guiding other women. You're gonna hear this machine turn on now, okay? It makes a loud noise. Blow it out, blow it out, breathe through it, breathe through it, blow it out. Listen to me, blow it out. If you hold your breath, it just makes it harder for you. Keep breathing. Just keep breathing, Brandy tells her over and over. I can't, the patient says at one point, when the cramps get painful. Yes, you can, Brandy tells her. You're doing it. And then within just a couple of minutes, it's over. Take some deep breaths for me. Catch your breath. You did it. Thank you guys so much. You are welcome. Oh, I hope I didn't do too bad. You did great. You did just fine. Yeah. You're okay. What you just heard was the killing of a child and somebody being coaxed through it and even had second thoughts uh, towards the beginning, like, what am I doing here? And they don't talk about Ryan as this young woman. Sounded very young. We'll be uh, having a lifetime of uh, guilt and pain, and like so many do. Yeah, but it's just okay. I mean, <laughs> NPR likes to cast these abortions as some sort of compassionate physicians. They're not. They're not there to walk them through their journey afterward, where millions and millions have regret, where there are negative uh, health outcomes, mental health outcomes. They want to pretend it's like pulling a tooth. In fact, that's what they say over and over again. The fact that we're hearing, I mean, when the so-called journalist, Katie Wells, talks about, oh, it's just like childbirth. Oh, except for the fact that it's nothing like childbirth because you're ripping the child apart and there's no child born. So, no, it's not like childbirth. That we are supposed to destigmatize the, the killing. We're trying to, this, this whole sterilized sort of version of, <laughs> of genocide. I mean, you're talking about Michigan. This is most likely an African-American woman. And in Detroit, I mean, you're talking about a massive number of those killed. I mean, in New York City, for example, more black babies are aborted than born alive. I mean, this is, it's amazing what we can do. We think we're more civilized because we can add some music in the background and, and misportray these abortionists as some sort of you know compassionate doctors. They are profiteers. They make, I mean, the abortion industry makes billions. Planned Parenthood. They make hundreds of millions just from abortion and their $2.3 billion organization. This is not compassion. This is not compassion. This is exploitation. It was. They knew they were being recorded. They turned up the charm. If somebody comes in your house, Ryan, you guys are going to act different if they're filming everything you guys are doing. This is what they did. They came into the house of the abortion facility and uh, then they played like it was all good. And all you hear is these weird noises in the background and... Uh, just the taking of a life is pretty surreal and it's pretty emotional. It is. I, I can't even, I mean, I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time after being in this fight for 14 years of even seeing the images, the graphic images of aborted babies. But I think everyone should look at them to remind themselves that this is what it is. This whole nonsense that, first of all, that, that machine in the background is a vacuum aspiration machine. It's what's actually ripping the unborn child apart limb from limb, which they have to then assemble the different body parts to make sure they have every piece of that unwanted child, that unwanted human being. I have to make sure, which 
I, I have to say, as someone who was adopted, there's no such thing as unwanted, by the way. We may have un been unwanted by a biological parent, but nobody is truly unwanted. We're all wanted by someone. But that was the noise in the background. It's a vacuum aspiration machine ripping a human being apart. It's just ridiculous. And it's scary and it's evil. And they don't keep the patient in the room because they harvest those parts. Right. Yeah, they harvest the unwanted babies, wanted body parts. Yeah, and they're those, still doing it. And they're it. wanted again because it's profit. Right. In the name of science. Yeah. Whatever. It's uh, weird. I mean, you think we're in the 1500s talking about this, right. but with all the technology that we have, I mean, we got people about to live on the moon. With all the technology we have, you can't look at that procedure as, yes, you can. You can see what's going on there if you wanted to. Why Why do they do this? We. I've asked you this before. Don't. I don't want to hear the money. I know it makes money. And abortion is very profitable after the fact when you harvest the body parts. But what what is behind all this secrecy? I mean, you've got a, a form of fake feminism that will do anything and everything to protect abortion, even if it means that women are the collateral damage. Like the, the women like, you know, Tanya Reeves and Lakeisha Wilson and Jennifer Morabelli, all these people, women who died in botched abortions. But it's okay because... Fake feminism has to protect abortion. It's this lie about my body, my choice. And we know scientifically, of course, it's not just your body. When you're having an abortion, you're not removing your body parts. You're not losing a kidney. You're not losing you know, a lung. You're not losing any of your body parts. You're actually killing that unique human being inside of you. And it's it's just evil. From a spiritual perspective, It's we can't deny that there is a spiritual battle, that there are those who are so blinded that they will ignore all kinds of science. They will ignore all kinds of, of compassion of our humanity in order to protect this insane, violent injustice. And you can see, obviously, there's one party that's beholden to this violence, and that's the Democrat Party. That's yeah. why I will never, ever vote for anyone who is pro-abortion. There's nothing you can say to me. As an adoptive father, I have four kiddos. Two of my kids were also adopted. So I... <laughs> There, there will never be a time I will ever vote for someone who calls themselves pro-choice ever. No, and that's every Democrat. Yeah, well, there, are, there are a handful that aren't. Base. There are a handful that aren't. I will say like Senator Katrina Jackson out of, uh, out of Louisiana, she is passionately pro-life, but she is such an anomaly in that party that is just so hell-bent on making sure that we can kill our posterity. Yeah, Joe Biden was disappointed. He was disappointed. Uh, oh, we didn't get the house. Now we can't codify Roe. I mean, a federal takeover of abortion, that's abortion on demand. And after the fact, up to 30 days in some state, it would have been a free-for-all. It would have just been, like we said at the very beginning of the segment here, it would have been a absolute bloodbath for at least three months. Yeah, and it's, but that doesn't phase them. I mean, they just celebrate. They celebrate this violence. Of course, these this is the same party that dresses up everything in, in you know glitter and rainbows. Everything is beautiful, even though it's evil, demented, and violent. They just want to celebrate that violence because for them, it's freedom. We all we know that it's bondage. I mean, you got President Biden who celebrated his recently celebrated his 80th birthday. Well, how do you celebrate your 80th birthday? You can only celebrate a birthday if you're born. So he should probably be thanking the mother who didn't abort him. But yet these people are celebrating the violence that they themselves escaped. Yes, Joe Biden, uh, his mother gave birth to him 167 years ago. That is correct. 
he acts like it and he's just a puppet for these guys that want to get yeah. these agendas done. These, I don't think he's as pro choice as I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he's changed, but the, the people pulling the levers, they're radicals and he's right. just agreeing to ever, whatever it is and signing it. And this, this was a disaster. And that's one shining glimmering light that we have. I know they're still counting votes, <laughs> But taking the house is mathematically done now. And and that was a good one. Yeah. Where did this? Oh, look at this. Where did this mule come from? Very nice. Yeah. But uh, Ryan, how can people join the fight? I love your shirt. Less less activism, more More, activism. More factivism. Factivism. Yes. That's right. Yes. How, How can people join the fight? They can go to Radiance, R-A-D-I-A-N-C-E dot life. That's the best way to get to us because social media is still suppressing our content. But you can still see us on Twitter, Getter, Truth Social, Facebook, uh, Instagram, at least for now. So, But go to Radiance.life. Yeah, Radiance.life. We have the links too. The buffshow.com slash Ryan Bomberger is there. Everything's linked there. And we're going to put this video up there as well. But um, Ryan, um, I, I know we'll have you back and I'll probably mention you about 17 more times before you come on the next show. Okay, that's awesome. Thanks so much, Matt. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving. Keep up the good work. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless you. Okay. We have a crisis on our hands and they talk about disinformation. No more disinformation than in the abortion industry. We'll see you next time on the Matt Buff Show. You stay smart out there.